Yeah. I'm slightly too good at that. You know how long I've been doing that. Every fucking time we play Magic, I'm just like fucking across the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pits uh, yeah. just gets the fuck off. Yeah, gets hates that shit. For some reason, he just doesn't is not into me doing that. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck is that? What is that? Gets? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the... that fucking team event we played in the SEG. What was it? He was Columbus? so pissed. Yeah, he was so bummed because you were middle seat. I was to the left of you. There was or he was to the where... left. I was to the right. Correct? Yeah. I went, hey, Gets. And he leaned in and you went, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> of his match yeah and it was like what i think that was during his kci thing because i that was round one because i was playing against storm and that was just an abysmal matchup for me i had like no way to interact if he just fucking started going off killed me he killed me immediately you had a really good match going on and then he was playing against fucking corklane ironworks again with tron which would just be you're stone dead yeah but he won somehow yeah, and he was just fucking, he was just like playing his game, like focusing, and you're just like shuffling up for sideboarding. I'm sitting there just actual dead already. And yeah, you're just like, hey, Gets. He leans over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he just fucking got so angry for no his reason. His face and head turned red. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the guy that forces spirits in modern, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the guy who spends 40 minutes comboing off and still fizzles, Matt. Matt, what is going on, my man? What's up, sunshine? How are you doing? I'm doing. Hey, finally home. For you. What's up? How's it feel? How's what feel? Being famous. Well, funnily enough. Funnily, is that a word? Funnily, I'm fuck sure it, it's a word now. now. You heard it here first. I, uh, it's hard. I have to wear hoodies and sunglasses and tweet where I'm going somewhere and then go somewhere else. Like this yeah, you have fucking to savage. Yourself. The paparazzi are all over you. They're taking pictures of you being like, oh, this is Matt going to, to a Chipotle for the sixth yeah. time this week. The son of a bitches. I haven't, <laughs> oh, I did eat the other day at the hotel, but other than that, I've been, I've been laying low on the Chipotle. Oh yeah. Cause you were away from home base. So yeah. you didn't, you don't have easy access to Chipotle. Correct mundo. <laughs> but normal but if this was any other week, you would have had it at least four or five times. We don't need about that. <laughs> Your Chipotle addiction. We wouldn't stay away from that. <laughs> it's a curse, Whoa. really. Yeah, so uh we were gonna just have a normal episode where we just talked about the fucking organized play announcement that was garbage, some of the other garbage going on in modern, some standard bullshit, some commander bullshit, all of the above. But then uh this 50 follower giveaway thing that we did kind of fucking blew up a little bit. Yeah, it, it happened. I definitely attribute that to Mr. Chris Van. Yeah. Yeah. CBM. Shout out to him because I think his retweet got us like a million, right? Just in 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. So everybody out there, I'm assuming if you're listening, you know that this happened. We did our 50 follower giveaway just wanting to give back to the 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 poor souls that actually listen to us sit through our bullshit week by week. Yeah. We just wanted to give one of them a bloodstained mire and a watery grave. Um, and weirdly enough, that is a fetch and a shock. Yeah. Crazy. Right. It's like, almost like that's our name. We planned it that way. Yeah. Look at that. They were using our fucking noodles, baby. <laughs> but yeah, we, so we were giving away a bloodstained mire and a watery grave and, uh, turns out people like fetch and shock. Yeah. People like free shit in general. 
Yeah, just free shit, but, spe- but specifically my Bloodstained Mire and my Watery Grave that we we're handing out. So we went from a 50 follower giveaway to a uh, 340 follower giveaway. <laughs> so we'll yeah, be, giving, very we'll be announcing the too. winner for that today. And we'll also be announcing the winner for a, another very special item that we will be uh we will be mailing to one of you lucky recipients. Yeah, you fucking nerds came out, showed your support, so Yeah, and thank we decided you. To give you. A, Before we yeah. start into this episode, just want to thank each and every one of you. Uh yeah, the support is absolutely fucking incredible. I had no idea that this was gonna happen, and the fact that it did is just incredibly humbling and fucking absolutely awesome. Yeah. Well really cool. Yeah, and like I said, we were just going to do an oral episode where we talk shit and then answer the 10 questions that people asked. But turns out we got more than 10 questions. We got a shitload. Yeah, so this entire episode is going to be mailbag. We are just going to run through as many of your questions as we possibly can before we either pass out because we're too drunk or... Uh, Rip our fucking eyelids off. Yeah, or, or die. <laughs> it's going to be one, one of the two. One caveat is uh, I believe that you kind of categorize them. Mm-hmm. That way we don't have to answer a thousand of the same question or yes. however many questions we're fucking at. So uh, I categorize them is in a miscellaneous category. I did one for just specifically uh, like commander and uh, oathbreaker and brawl and stuff like that. Um, I Another category is any question that regarding lands uh, and then also other constructed formats uh, like modern standard, all that. And then I did a category, which is my personal favorite on art yeah surprising shocker yeah so let's jump in with uh a a couple of the miscellaneous ones uh one of my one of my favorites and the one that i think is perfect to start out with is uh logan mckee on twitter just asked us uh what fucking classy little (laughs) shithead you know i looked at that question i was like huh well touche i don't know i actually have no fucking clue (laughs) of a bitch yeah, so good job, Logan. Uh, you you thoroughly stumped us. I have no fucking idea. What is uh, is a question I ask myself every single fucking day? It is surprising how often I, I add a little bit to it. I'm like, the fuck is usually what I'm what what am I get doing? into. <laughs> like, what? we're building decks, and I'm just like, I just step back, and I pause, and I look at what I'm doing, and I'm just like, oh, shit. Fucking idiot. This was a mistake. What? I'm a fucking what? idiot. <laughs> All right, well, uh, the next question, leading off of that, uh, friend of the podcast, David Morris, asked uh with all of the content creators that uh we plug and shout out during our episodes uh are there any that we actively dislike or find overhyped i feel like i know who you're thinking of i have two and one of the ones that i think is another one that you think uh the one that it just he has never really just sunk with me is seg's uh todd anderson i have no issue with the guys like playing I have no issue with most of the things he does, but just sometimes when he's on commentary doing stuff or if I'm watching like SEG versus there's just something about him where it just rubs me the wrong way. He seems like a nice enough guy. Just and if I met him in person, I'm sure he'd be a, an absolutely fucking rock star. But watching him, man, some of his commentary just has this like little bit of like cringe to it that I'm just like, oh, no, why? I personally don't have a problem with him. I kind of like him. But I do agree that sometimes he's a little bit whiny. That's the issue, I think. When it comes, like, I've noticed it on the... The Versa series. Yeah. Like, when when just bad luck happens, he's like, oh, I am the least lucky person on the planet. I'm so awful at magic. 
but then when something bad happens to an opponent, he's just like, oh, uh, yeah, you're he fucking rubs it in. Yeah, he's just like, oh, wow, must be must be nice being so unlucky. Like you're trash. Get wrecked. <laughs> he did have one of like the best SEG moments in that versus series where he fucking like smashed the top of his fucking library and then had exaxes kill on top i was like oh god damn it now i have to like this guy because that was so- son of a bitch making me love you yeah he forced me into it so who's your uh choice for this one i personally don't have an actual problem with him the it's it's hard to explain but it's uh jeff hoogland he yeah. just seems like a fucking cuck and i Totally agree with that. My issue with him is not his content, but his himself, his Twitter persona. I, I, again, I don't know if the fucking I don't know if the guy's an asshole or not because I never met him. Yeah, and I haven't here. spent any time knowing him. But him on Twitter is just insufferable sometimes to the point where I just had to block him because he just doubles down on the worst takes of all time and just will never fucking admit that he's wrong ever. Yeah, I've noticed that and it's fucking super annoying. Yeah, it's infuriating. I don't. I mean, I don't know if the guy's a dick. I don't know if he's the fucking coolest guy on the planet. We could be best friends if I ever met him, but on Twitter, he is a real prick. Yeah. Yep, I he's agree. He's got like that teenager vibe where he is like something happens and he plants his foot in the sand. And then regardless of the evidence that you bring to the table, he's just like, well, no, you're wrong. I like to think that he thinks of himself as King Shit of Fuck Mountain. He is King Shit of Fuck Mountain. And he can continue to stay King Shit of Fuck Mountain and have and I will continue to block him as the king shit of fuck mountain on Twitter for as long as I live. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> so if any you don't have Jeff to... Open fans out there, uh, he will probably never be a guest on Fetch and Shock. <laughs> yeah, most likely not. Sorry about it. <laughs> so off of that, let's go to a lighthearted one. Uh, Zephyr on Twitter asks, uh, "How many slivers could a sliver deliver if a sliver could deliver slivers? Do you have an exact oh. number for that?" Yes, slivers. Oh, yeah, Sliver, okay. Slivers is that. the answer, and here's my theory. One for all and all for one. Fucking sliver. Yeah, that's the idea, right? All slivers are just supposed to be this fucking, this hive mind. This, sli- yeah. One sliver is two slivers is three slivers. Yeah, they're all, all is, so it's just, the answer it's, is just the infinity symbol? No, it's fucking sliver inception. It's just, it's sliver inside a sliver inside a sliver. <laughs> yes. And there's a top in there spinning, and if it stops, then we're in a dream. Or if it doesn't stop, we're in a dream. And if it does, then we're in reality or something like no, that. No, if it doesn't stop, you're getting fucking ruined by the Sliver Queen. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, now that we got to the bottom of those hard-hitting questions, uh, here's a good one that I thought was actually really, really, really hard to pick, nail down which one I wanted. But uh, Chris L. on Twitter asked us, uh, which mechanic would we like to see uh, come back to Magic? What are your thoughts? Personally... One of my the ones that I really thought was a cool design were was the affinity mechanic, but not affinity for artifacts, affinity for something else like the the golem cycles. It was uh, affinity for a land mountains, type, right? Yeah, the, there was a mountains, islands for there was one for all of them. Yeah, there was one for each land type. Yeah, I like that, and I think they could expand on that. Like you could do a sliver lord, for example, since we just talked about slivers. That's sure, like affinity for slivers. Five Wooberg, and it costs one less for sliver you control or something. I like that a lot. And I mean, do you think that there are cards out there that have affinity for artifacts that are ta- like Frogmite, for example? Like he has affinity for artifacts, but I think he's totally fine. Yeah. If they make it balanced, they just cool. have to scale back the power. I don't think they realized how powerful affinity was until after the fact. 
Yes, I agree. Now, with that knowledge, do you think that they could bring it back and make it at least not the worst mechanic ever? Yeah, because no real... There's not very many actual affinity cards that see play. The the one big one's the blue draw two cards. Uh, Thoughtcast. Yeah, Thoughtcast is probably the only one that actually did see any amount of play. I don't know if it currently sees play or not. I doubt it, but... I think it's it wax and wanes. I think the big affinity deck in Modern right now is the Hardened Scales one, right? Yeah. So if the if just straight-up affinity ever comes back, Thoughtcast is always going to have a home in Modern, which is good because I like that card a lot. Yeah, it's a cool... It really is a cool design because you can't just top-deck something and be like, boom, I win. Well, in Popper, too... Uh, like they, they like people play Frogmite in Affinity. People play the other bigger guy in Affinity. I don't can't remember the name off the top of my head. Mirror Enforcer. Yeah, Mirror Enforcer. You nailed it. Perfect. Seven mana. People four, play that four, in Affinity. Affinity. Like those cards. Those cards are fine. Yeah. And at common, uh, like those turn, are great. Turn three or four, four, four. Yeah. That so, requires you to play a fuck ton artifact. Sure. I think you. I think that's actually a really good call for the mechanic. For me. I thought about this content or this uh, question in a context of a little bit broader. Like, what mechanic would I like to see at least more popular in Magic? And my answer was, uh, I would really like to see cycling turned into an evergreen mechanic. What's evergreen? So, like, evergreen mechanics are uh, like things like Trample, Vigilance, Lifelink, Death Touch, stuff that can be printed in any set that everybody in Magic, once you start learning the mechanics, those are the ones you learn. And if you just could, know what it does. Yeah, it's just inherent. So if they could just be able to make cycling an evergreen mechanic and not throw it on every fucking card, but throw it on a card that's maybe a little bit overcosted for the ability. Uh, the perfect example is Cast Out. I think Cast Out is a perfect card. Like four mana for a pacifism effect or for an Oblivion Stone effect, but you can also cycle it away. That is such a fucking elegant card. It is so perfectly designed. I love it. And cycling just makes cards that are good when so you need it. And yeah, I agree. Well, the big thing with cycling is if it's good, cool, you have the card. If not, or you're missing land drops, you can get it away. Yeah, toss and it back. Get a new card. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah, I think that was really, really fucking good. Um, so the next question. Uh, and this is one that it was one of the very first ones asked. And I was like, Oh, I already have one lined up for this. Uh, Billy Mack on Twitter. Uh, he asked, what's the most unusual dies slash graveyard triggers effect you've seen on a card? Ooh. Yeah. I loved this question. Do you have one on deck? I could probably think of one if you get real quick. Yeah. So mine, I'm going to look up the name of the card just so I don't, uh, butcher it. But I think it's like Sea Hag or like something like that. I'm surprised you don't know this card off the top of your head. Because you know where it sea came from? Hag. Oh, it's Brine Hag. Brine Hag. Uh, okay. So Brine Hag is, it's uh, four mana. It's two and two blue. It's a creature hag, which is amazing. <laughs> and when Brine Hag dies, you change the base power and toughness of all creatures that dealt damage to it to O2s. Permanently? Yes. What the fuck? Yeah, isn't that card fucking crazy? Yeah, Legends is a trippy bitch. Yeah, right, man? Like, that card is just a fucking, just an absolute mess. And it's so unique and just makes such a weird scenario in Magic that you would never experience with any other card. I absolutely love Brian Hack. Like, that is such a cool ability on that. That's definitely a, a unique one. Yeah, for sure. 
And that's why I had that one loaded, locked and loaded, ready to go. Was his question about uniqueness or the best? Um, it was the most unusual. Unusual, so unique. Yes. I don't think I can think of anything that's unique. Yeah, because you're unoriginal. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, there are so many cool ones out there, but everything fucking has a die trick. Yeah, there's a lot of die triggers. That's a fucking EDH deck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not necessarily a die trigger, but Mirren also has a really cool fucking ability that you can abuse that deals with like things dying and stuff like that. Because that is technically a die trigger, right? But it's yeah, when they, other things die. That's not unique, though. There's a bunch of cards like that now from Commander, the experience I mean, counter things. Experience counters like that. That's the part that I'm thinking is like really unique and really cool. Yeah, it's probably the only thing that gives counters that I can think of. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's something else that, like, whenever something dies, put a counter on it. Oh, there's that fucking, uh, that uh, bird from M20 that when a uh, creature dies, you put a counter on it. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm not sure. That's a good one. I like yeah, the that's hag. a really good question. Well, okay, so, <laughs> Billy, if you really want to hear what Matt's answer is, he will have it locked and loaded and ready for you on episode 14. <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah, perfect. Just give me some time. All right, so... <laughs> The next two on the list are uh, are pretty uh, are pretty good, <laughs> but and they're very similar. So first of all, uh, friend, very close friend of the podcast and one of my favorite people, uh, Corey, who is at Knife City, a host of uh, If Lands Could Kill podcast. So if you haven't checked them out, go check them out. Highly recommend. Um, but he asked us. Oh, this fucking degenerate. This was a good one. Yeah, I this scumbag. <laughs> this is such a fucking good question, though. What is the most fuckable guild? <laughs> That's great. I Okay, so I think we're both going to be on the same page with this one because I think it's an obvious answer. But <laughs> on, I'm going to count to three, and on three, we're both going to say our answers because it's going to be the same thing for sure. Okay, let's you do ready? it. Yeah. All right, one, two, three... Ractus. Ractus. Yep. <laughs> For sure, fucking yeah. Ractus. Fucking, of course it is. Like, Those kinky fucks. This whole fucking like whips and chains thing going on. Like you would have some wild, wild sex with somebody from the Ractus guild. Oh, for sure. And I thought of it more of like uh, the other guilds. Like first of all, the Simic. They're fucking literal mutants. Yeah, but how many holes do you think fucking a Simic person or yeah, just a Simic creature? I don't want to fucking know. You don't want to explore? Nope, I'm good. <laughs> I'll pass on that one. That's fair. And then <laughs> fucking... Who would be the worst fuck? Which guild would be the worst? Azorius. I, I think I agree. It's either Azorius or Boros. But I think Azorius is just like, ah, they'd be kind of like reserved. They, you would have to fucking like have a passcode to get in or something like that. <laughs> it would just be such a bummer. <laughs> a fucking passcode. <laughs> Solve the fucking What's Hellraiser the puzzle. Password? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no means no mother no means no indeed <laughs> yeah consent is the fucking big word for azorius oh well, jesus even, christ like, in that same thought process fucking the shirts that they made uh with like the single words that have uh the guild logo as one of the letters do you remember those the what so they made shirts uh when guilds of ravnica came out and each guild had their own shirt and like the selesnia one was co-op uh oh. Yeah, but the I don't remember seeing those. Do you know what the Rakdos one was? What? Safe word. Safe word. I'm not joking. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) That's legitly on a piece of magic merchandise. That's fucking great. With like one of the O's, the Rakdos symbol. 
That's fucking glorious. That's incredible. So, like, that's obviously the best walk out of any guild. Yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> so, <laughs> in that same vein, <laughs> another Corey <laughs> asked us, uh, if you had to have intercourse with one non-human MTG creature, what would it be? What the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> like, yeah, I love that kind of question, but also I'm just sitting here, I'm just like, oh, fuck, I have to answer that. I would have to say probably and L. Well, does that count as non-human? I guess so. That's not a fucking human. They're humanoid. I guess. Lord of the Rings, brother. Lord of the Rings. Well, if you're if you get to pick that, then I'm picking Core all the way. That's a human, though. No, Core's not a human. It's basically a human. It's so much a elf asshole. Elves <laughs> have pointy like, ears, bitch. I'm gonna pick something that's very close to a human, and I ask you if that's okay, and you're like, yeah, and I'm just like, well, also here's something that's close to a human. And you're like, no, that's not allowed. That's yours, fucked up. Yours doesn't count. Listen, Stoneforge Mystic, I'm going in. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that's my babe right there, my sweet summer child. Please release her into Modern Wizards. That's my caveat for the episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm done. Quit. <laughs> retired oh that's great <laughs> so i got a few more questions from the miscellaneous category that i want to go over before we uh slide our way into uh maybe some discussions about uh some constructed formats uh one of which is uh which card that is on the reserve list do you wish wasn't on it and that is from uh dennis flar I'm going to say Chaos Orb. Ooh, go into detail on that. That's a really good answer. Well, Chaos Orb is played in, like, three formats, maybe. Old School's probably the biggest. But you wouldn't be able to use the reprint. Well, yeah, but that's... I'm just saying that's only played yeah. in three formats and has, like, four printings. Yeah. So there's that. That yeah. Cube and then maybe Commander are the other two formats, right? Cube is probably other big one, and then Commander. They could do, like, a Master, which would be cool. Holy shit. Wow, a Masterpiece Chaos Orb would be absolutely insane. That's such a fucking good idea. Holy fuck. I thought you were a moron this entire time. And then you say shit like that, I'm like, okay, he's a genius. Yeah, I'm a goddamn super genius. <laughs> Better recognize. That's actually brilliant. That's so good. Yeah, that's that's mine. What see, were you mine thinking? Is, I want to I see like cards that are really playable in Legacy that aren't dual lands be reprinted because it would make other decks cheaper. Like, I want to see my two... I'm going to take two picks for this. I want to see the land cycle of, uh, like, Sarah Sanctum, Talarian Academy, Gaius Cradle. I want to see those taken off the reserve list right now. I can get behind that. And I also want to see uh, City of Traders taken off the, the reserve list. I don't have a problem with City of Traders being on there, honestly. No, because, like, those cards... Those cards aren't going to affect... Like anybody's fucking collection as far as reserve list goes, it would just make those cards more accessible for people who want to play them in the formats that they're legal. Like it, an Elves player can literally just have those cards in just not the fucking cradle. And then if they just take those off the reserve list, that cradle is immediately available to that Elves player and it cuts that fucking dex price in actual half. Yeah, that and it sees a lot of play in uh, Mander. Yeah, hell yeah, Cradle's a great card. And so is, that would make some legacy decks significantly cheaper if they made City. Uh, just uh, re, uh, able to be. Yeah, for sure. Because that's like 200 bucks a pop, isn't it? It's almost, it's like going north of that, which is insane to me. Yeah, that's that's bananas. There's no need for that. So yeah, please release those cards. Um, <laughs> Well, actually, that's a really, really nice segue into this next question. Um, And it is from... Uh, Dustin31186, 
and uh or dusty asks do you agree with the reserve list as in do you like the protection of paper investments or do you like uh actual playing magic and i want to say that you and i are both on the side of i want to see more magic yeah i could give a fuck about the reserve list and anyone who does really care about the reserve list don't be an asshole with their fucking cards and we will go into this a little bit more in depth later in the episode when we talk about formats but uh like my my favorite format's legacy matt's favorite format is vintage i would love more than anything else for people to be able to come into those formats and experience like the joy of fucking being able to play with dual lands or playing with power or playing with cards that are just so outside of their their accessibility that they're never going to get the opportunity. Yeah, and these things aren't going down. No, never. By any stretch of the imagination. They're still crazy expensive. Dual lands have skyrocketed. Power has skyrocketed. If you have power, and vintage decks are like $30. Yeah. I Obviously, mean, just they're a little more than that. This but... Like, that's never going to compare to paper if any of that happens. But, like, an online vintage deck is like 300 400 bucks. Yeah, not fucking arm and a leg not, not yeah grand. not 2500 yeah, so yeah so I think they could both... easily do away with that the people who care i don't think their investment would go down because no. say say they would reprint dual land those original dual lands are still going to be worth more money yeah first Look of, of all they're lands, not going to use example. that same border they're never going to be able to use the same art yeah like, they're just going purists to be a, like a me incredibly who, different different card i would be willing to if they would reprint duels or something and the price of my duels went down I don't really give a shit. No. The you only things that would be more be expensive are probably the foil duels would probably be the fucking crazy expensive ones. And honestly, they could do it like they did other expeditions and stuff like that. And here's the thing. People who use a child's card game as a fucking way of uh, investing into their fucking future, they know what they're getting into. It's a volatile yeah. fucking market. Literally anything could happen. You shouldn't feel bad for fucking people who are just like banking on being able to flip this in a couple years, don't let those fucking people dictate your your decisions. I mean, Wizards is never going to fucking get rid of the reserve list because it's just safer to have it than the impact of getting rid of it. Yeah, they don't have to deal with the people bitching about it, pretty much. Yeah, but your fucking, like, cased Black Lotuses and your cased power that are, like, grades 9 and above, at that point, they have stopped be being magic cards and started becoming collector's pieces. Like, nobody's uh, cracking fucking a fucking like Barry Bonds like baseball card out of a fucking case and shuffling it into a deck and playing it because that is a piece of collector memorabilia. That's the same thing as a fucking Black Lotus or a piece of power. Those are no longer magic cards. Those are a collector's. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So fuck the reserve list. And like I said, the people who care about the reserve list, don't be a dick. And in that Get same vein, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Joe Timidoski. I'm sorry if I butchered uh, but he asked, what do you think could be done to reduce the entry barrier into modern or legacy? Well, we just talked about uh, part of it. Abolishing the reserve list and making duels more accessible is huge. I think the other really big one is starting to allow the collectors. Yeah, for legacy especially, and vintage especially, uh, allowing that, that collector's edition shit would make your life so much easier to acquire that. Now, granted, those those would go up. Let's yeah, be very sure. honest about that. But th those, those things are also can be reprinted, right? How do you figure? The collector's edition stuff, is that allowed to be reprinted? No, because I believe it's technically still oh, it falls on the under. reserve list. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Well, then lift the reserve list on that, at very least, being like, okay, 
we can reprint power, but it has to have this specifically different card back. I don't even think they'd reprint it. I think just allowing what's already there. Sure. Uh, that would be, be cool used, too. I think is the big part of that. Also, I think sets like if they really commit to these supplementary sets, as far as modern horizons, uh, like the modern master sets, those sets like that, if they really dig deep into those, they would be able to make these formats more accessible because if anything with standard sets, when they're printing new and crazy cards, that is pushing the format away from accessibility. You think just like the sheer number of them printed? Yeah, because it's making more cards that you need to own because they're not actively printing things. Right. Like they're not no, ever going true. to actively reprint fetch lands in a standard. Well, I think that's more because they would ruin standard, but yes. yeah, which means they're, they're not going to print them. Fetch lands are the big barrier to entry, at least in modern. You also have, obviously, things like Liliana. Uh, some of the Tron Planeswalkers are really expensive. Uh, fucking Renin 6 is a fucking nightmare to buy. It's 100 bucks or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know if Modern's ever going to be an accessible format. And a Legacy, I don't think it's ever going to be an accessible format either because the the focus of Wizards is standard. They could give a single solitary fuck less about any Eternal format. Standard Even if they have limited. things like Modern Horizons, they don't fucking care. yeah. No, I agree. So those are the some some things that could make it more accessible. Will they ever happen? Unfortunately, unfortunately not, because I love those formats. But we're stuck in a world where those formats don't matter, at least to the bottom line of Hasbro. They don't fucking matter at all. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Um. Now with those, let's move on to. I think that's a really actually great segue into some questions about specifically uh, modern and maybe some of the lands that are in modern or some of the things coming up uh, new in magic. <laughs> the question from uh, Jordan Smith is, how do you fix modern? Which I think and is a fucking Hogak. We've been which over is an this, awesome question. We've been over this question a fuck ton. It's literally get rid of fucking Hogak is the real big issue with that. Well, OK, I think it's obvious. And a couple other people asked uh, fucking ban faith. What's looting. what's our prediction for like the next uh ban an announcement uh bronze mtg asked the, uh the next ban and banned and restricted announcement what is our predictions uh some other things like that uh uh fat chris gaming asked uh do you think the hogak ban is inevitable or will people just uh play around it and we got a couple other questions uh similar to that where uh what is what is the future of modern in the next like six months to a year and I think it's very obvious that after uh, GP Vegas, they're going to be banning Hogan. It, ha it has to happen. Yeah, I agree 100%. And they can't ban, like, we're going to ban another card from that deck. We're like, we're going we're gonna to ban Stitcher Supplier. Or we're going to ban, like, some other random card. That's never going to happen. They have to ban the actual card, Hogak. He is yeah, ruining I agree. It's Hogak, is, But let's think opinion. about modern after the Hogak ban. Because that, that is the world that we're going to be living in in a month's time. It's going to be going back to, oh, what's that bitch called? Phoenix. Phoenix. It's going to be the Phoenix decks. Sure. Um, I I think I disagree with that. I think people are really underestimating. And because Hogak is so good, I think people are really underestimating the power level of Renin 6. No, they're not. Look no, I think Renin 6 is... every fucking Jun deck, dude. The... I think Renin 6 is the most powerful card in Modern outside of Hogak. It's not close. How is it powerful in Modern? Being Just able to guarantee your land drops engines. is insane. 
especially in decks that are that are wanting to cast the spells and do one for one or two for one exchanges. Brennan Six allows you to do that, and it allows you to do that on turn two. Yeah, that's true. It's a turn two removal spell generally for pick something off or get a land drop. Holy fuck. Renin Six is insanely powerful. Renin Six has warped Legacy. Legacy is a different beast, though, than Modern is. But it's not in the context of a fair-ass card like Renin Six. It, first of all, it's a fair card. Second of all, it's a fair card that you can play early. Because the only thing that's stopping fair decks from flourishing in Modern is that they cannot get underneath the unfair decks like Phoenix. And Renin Six can do that. Renin Six can get underneath all of the unfair deck and just help you just establish your game plan. You're never missing land drop. You're always going to be able to fucking remove things. You're always going to be able to do your thing as long as Ren and Six is on the table. That card is really, really powerful. I, I think once Hogak is banned, everybody is going to be able to see how stupid Ren and Six is. And we're well, going to be living people... in a world of either combo decks trying to get underneath Ren and Six or Ren and Six decks running rampant. I think that's a card that's quite beatable, though. Renin Six? Mm, yes. You think? I, I Look mean, at humans, yeah, sure. bro. Look at humans. I guess humans is weak to Jun. So I humans guess in, also gets blown out by Renin Six. No, not really. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I don't think it does. Yeah, it definitely does. It kills their it kills their mana guy. It kills their Thalia. Um, it kills with eight not, cards in their deck. If they do not stack things uh, properly, it kills their uh, their one one that gets a plus one for every human that enters. It kills their Thalia's lieutenant. Like it kills a lot of the shit in that. It kills their fucking um, uh, illusions just by straight targeting it. I think Renin Six wrecks humans. No, I think it's the other parts of Jund that wreck humans. I mean, Renin Six doesn't hurt. Renin, I just listed literally half the deck that Renin Six just kills immediately. Yeah, but it's. I, I think that it's Renin Six and Comp, in addition to all the other removal spells and just big dumb idiot beaters. So Jund is already going to be a good matchup for humans. Humans is not going to be a fucking thing. Like I I'm think... terrified being a spirits player in modern because I refuse to fucking not play that deck because I love it. I'm I, I'm terrified of a world where Jund is just the best deck if Ren and Six is in that deck. Because well, Ren and Six just runs happen. through fucking... It's not, not even fucking... I really think that's going to happen. Jund's going to be the next deck again. And that, that is a sign that of a healthy meta when a fair deck is the best card. Oh, but yeah, also, we've had that situation in the past where Jun has been the best deck, um, but it has been for a bad reason. Deathrite Shaman. Exactly that. And Deathrite Shaman is banned. Yeah, and so I don't know if Red 6 is going to go that way. I don't, I, I, we don't know how Modern is going to pan out. I don't have the fucking answers, but Hogak needs banned. And I think in order to fix Modern... We almost have to fucking, like, just start. <laughs> yeah, they really fucked up with all these free spells. Yeah. Um. So speaking of, I guess, the modern ban list with that, uh, Cameron Neighbors asked, what card would have the least impact if unbanned in modern? I think you already know my answer. It's not Stoneforge Mystic. I think it's 100% Stoneforge. So. No, although every deck that's playing white would play it, and that's all that you have. Okay, it, you want to think... list me? Go ahead and list me the decks that are playing white. Blue White Control, humans. Humans wouldn't play it because they can't uh, cast it. They, they can't cast Stoneforge Mystic. I'm telling you, they would play it because no, it they just... Well, then they would have to entirely change the deck. It would not be humans anymore. All they'd have to really do is change the mana base slightly. So they wouldn't be able to play the fucking five-color mana base that they would be playing right now. It would not be the same deck. Okay, you take out black. 
and is humans you... at the top tables anymore? No, humans isn't even a real deck anymore, and I don't think Stoneforge Mystic would fit, would change that. I'm saying any deck that's playing white or even fucking blue for that matter would probably you can splash that super fucking easily. But there's no decks playing white, is my point. There's well, one that, deck playing white, and it's blue white control. That would for sure change modern. Right now, in its current iteration, not a snowball's chance. You'd be dying with a four four in your hand every single time. Currently, right now, yes. And but I if, even think when Hogak's banned, depending on how unfair the format continues, if, if also, it's an unfair meta, Stoneforge Mystic is actively bad. I also think that the Urza, the Urza deck, the combo deck, would for sure play four copies of that. What the fuck's in Stoneforge? Sure. Because it goes, that's a fact. I guarantee that it will. But I don't think the Stoneforge package in that deck is better than the Thopter Sword package, because you can literally just go infinite with Thopter Sword. It gets fucking half the combo, is what I'm saying. It gets half the combo. That's an equipment. It gets half of it, but there's also the other half of the deck just does that too. So you have to jump through loopholes like the the new uh, Goblin Welder that puts it in your graveyard. That doesn't do that. That just puts that shit in your hand. Yeah, but you can go get either of those parts. Like, whatever part you need, you can go, which I think is important. Yeah, I think that deck just becomes super consistent. I don't think so. I'll build this deck and put Stoneforge in it and then shit in your okay, mouth. Okay, and then I'll it. build Hogak and just kick your teeth in on turn two. <laughs> like, that's Hogak, all that there is. Hogak is not going to survive. This is under the assumption once Hogak gets banned. I don't. I still don't think that would be the best deck. I don't think it would be the best deck, but it would be hella fucking good. Same, it would definitely make Jeskai Control better. Yeah, Jeskai Control doesn't exist. I think that would need a bump. I think Stoneforge Mystic is a safe card. Do you have a safe card that is on the ban list right now? I couldn't even tell you what's on the ban list. Hold on. Because you're getting me all fucking fired up about goddamn Stoneforge Mystic. Well, you're just wrong. The Stoneforge Mystic is would have no impact in modern right now. It's like the Jace the Monsculptor. It was like, Jace is so fucking good. Oh my god, he's the best card ever. If he gets right now. Hand- the world is going to fucking fall. And how many decks are playing? Hey, games? fuck face. Fucking right nothing. now, right now, it probably wouldn't do anything. But you have to think of modern as more than fucking right now. Because it's an eternal format. I, get, I understand that. But you also have to think about that in the context of Jace. And Jace is literally doing dog shit nothing. And he's dodging dog shit nothing since he was unbanned. And Jace is arguably a better card than fucking Stoneforge. The one on here that I see that I think Birthing Pod currently is too slow. So that's number one. Well, you have and, to think of modern in the context of after Hogak. And if Hogak gets fucking... Well, yeah, I think even with that, I think it's still really slow. I love how we just literally pick two of our favorite cards. <laughs> well, yeah, that and uh, if Hogak we gets banned... We are the worst people. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. I don't give a shit. All the other stuff's too good. I think if and when Hogak gets banned, Bridge from Below could come off the ban list. Okay, Bridge, actually, I think we will both agree. Okay, scrap our both of our answers. Bridge from Below is the safest card on the modern ban list right now. <laughs> I think, I really do think that Birthing Pod, it would be too slow and modern right now. Don't get me wrong. I would play the shit out of it. Yeah, you would force that. And if I, if they ban, if they unban Stoneforge Mystic, every deck I ever registered would have Stoneforge Mystic. Because yeah. Stoneforge Mystic is one of my favorite cards. Of and I think you're not in the minority in there. I think a lot of people would be playing Stoneforge. That's my I thing. Think I it would just, be in the minority because I don't think Stoneforge is good enough. I think that it would just fuck up the diversity of the format. It I really think Stoneforge, would. I think Stoneforge would be worse in modern than Birthing Pod right now. Right now with Hogak? Yeah, for sure. No, I'm talking about post-Hogak. I think I think that is 100% correct. Stoneforge such a would silly be little bitch. I will agree to disagree on that one. Well, Birthing Pod is just a better toolbox. If we're just talking about, like, they're toolbox cards. Yes, and that would say, that goes back to your Ren and Six 
argument. Okay, play Renan. I'll play my mana dork. You play your Renan six and just pick them off. It gives Jund a fairer matchup. And what is a turn? The fastest you can really realistically get it out is turn two. Well, Jund ruins Stoneforge Mystic. Like, literally well, fucking crushes it. Yeah, well, Jund does. Yes, 100%. So, I just think that... I really think the big issue would be the Urza deck. Because it's another tutor. That if it lives, you, it just allows you to play, like, a one less copy of the, the sword. And it goes and finds it. Well, Jund just th- throws the dick to that deck anyway. Regardless. Whether Stoneforge Mystic is in it, whether Stoneforge Mystic is not in it. I don't like, know. I haven't really seen the deck that Jun much. just gets to play Coligan's Command. You know what's the best card in the world against Stoneforge Mystic? Coligan's Command. <laughs> if I start playing Spellskites again, bitch. Spell oh, you Skites mean in your and... birthing pod list? No, no. In uh, the Urza deck is what I was talking about. Well, that would be just that would be uh, just a warp to Jun being the best. Yeah, That'd be a so hack. fuck this kid for asking us this. Yeah, whoever who fucking asked this question, you're in. Goddamn asshole. <laughs> Camera neighbors, you can go fuck yourself. This is too much. <laughs> okay, next. Move, move along. Um, my there was a couple of questions that I really liked from this uh, section. Uh, uh, RJ Knight of Autumn asked, uh, "What is the best four MC or four CMC spell in modern right now?" Modern. Yeah, I have one locked and loaded. Ted, modern. I don't think there is one. Is there? <laughs> I think I have the exact answer. And the second I say it, you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, obviously, it's Leyland of the Void." Oh yeah, that is four. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, like, not, that's the four CMT that's spell. Not that's the best four one. mana. <laughs> you fucking liar. I mean, it is yes. four CMC. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It is four CMC. That is the best four CMC mana spell. But as far as a four CMC mana or four CMC spell that you actually have to cast, I was thinking Mystic Forge has a lot of potential. I would say Mystic Forge is really, really good. I was gonna say that, or if we're talking about current modern, uh. Like Supreme Verdict. Yeah. Something like that. Like just a wrath effect. I said, I think Mystic Forge has the most potential to just get broken. Oh, Mystic Forge is probably a card that is going to impact Legacy and Vintage. Well, it's already really big in uh, Legacy Bomberman. Yeah. It draws like four plus cards a turn. Like I think on average it draws like five cards or four cards. Turns out that's good. Yeah. When you cram your deck with fucking Lion's Eye Diamonds and zero cost fucking spells... It's nuts. It yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, there's potential there. I thought that was a really cool question. Um, another one that I thought that was really really cool, uh, was uh, Underdog Games asked, uh, since all or most decks need uh need lands, would wizards uh or should wizards uh do away with rarities for lands and instead make them all available uh for free? No. Yeah, I think I disagree with that. Yeah, that's just not a good idea. I think the ability to have so many land cycles and like your choice in like what kind of lands, especially in modern, like you got your shock lands and your fetch lands, but you also in a lot of decks get to play like, oh, am I going to play my fast lands or am I going to play these new canopy lands or am I going to do something else? Like, you know, you what? One those of the options popular... that I think those are really cool and make decks really unique and personable and like person personable, I guess. You know what one of the best lands in modern is right now? What do you think? Snow covered basic. Yeah, snow covers are sick. That's they're seeing a lot of play. Yeah, snow covers are seeing play across the board, which I think is really cool. I also think that it because I mean, Wizards ultimately is a company trying to make money, and they make money by selling pack. Yeah, hundred percent. And they need some of those chase cards. I don't think there's any lands that are mythic that. Well, there are obviously some mythic lands, but. Some of the more common lands are shock lands, which you can 
pick up for like 15 bucks. And I know that for some people, that's a that's lot, a lot of, money, of money, but you don't have to play those. Okay. You, well, you really don't have to play about actually segues really well into another question. What are your thoughts on the basic or the best land cycle between efficiency and budget? And that's by, uh, Azuri or Hazuru on Twitter. I got this one. Probably the check land. You think, yeah, I think actually that is, uh, they're about five bucks each. Yeah, that seems a really, really solid place for that. Um, play basics that come in untapped. Yep. I was going to say either those or the Battle for Zendikar lands that when they en- enter the battlefield, if you have two or more, they come untapped. Uh, two or more uh, basics. Yeah, those They're are good untapped. too. Yeah, that's probably the best efficient slash budget. Yeah, that I can and that's for someone... like commander or like a casual deck or something like that. Like you cannot go wrong with those. Well, casual, you can do the Scry lands too. Yep, Skylands are really good. I think Skylands are, are great. Yeah, those are some of my favorite lands. Well, on that, um, EJ asked, uh, what, or not EJ, uh, that was the wrong person. Well, let's go to EJ's question. Um, would banning fetch lands destroy modern? Yes. Yeah, yeah big 10-4 on that one. Yeah, that would fucking yeah, ruin the format of modern. Yeah. Whatever Have they're fun doing, with your... but is it the host It just be fucking standard. Yeah, they standard ruin standard for versus. sure. No, that would just be, it would be standard man. Oh, yeah. Well, um, here's the thing. That that format that they're doing for uh, Arena, historic, that's going to be the next eternal format, I'm assuming. Yeah. That's going to be, mo- to that's that. going to be like modern era without fetches. So, what was it, extended? Basically extended? Yeah, kind of. Oh, wizards. Yeah. F- yeah, um, that would be big, big 10-4 on the no there. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, and then uh, Steven on Twitter asked us, what is our favorite land cycle? I mean, you're like, you can say fetches and I'll say shocks, and that'll cover our bases. <laughs> Fuck that. Mine are uh, database. Sure. Those are my favorite land cycle. I, I like them better than duels. Outside of the obvious fetch and shock, because uh, those are the ones that I use most frequently, or duels. Um I would say the Scrylands are probably my favorite, honestly. Yeah, they really are the most balanced. And they are so insanely balanced. You're right. Like, two those colors are perfect comes for in standard. Place, they're great for limited. Like, they're they're just awesome cards. Yep. Besides basics and fetches and shop. Yeah. Those. You know, yeah. Well, um, oh, actually, there's one more question, uh, or two more questions that I wanted to ask from this uh, this grouping. Um, Tarkio asks, do you play old school? Yes. Yeah, 10-4 on that one. Yeah, big 10-4. Yeah, do that. What deck are you playing in old school? Currently, um, it's a brew. I don't, especially in old school, I didn't want to just net deck. That's not fun. Sure. Um, so one of my favorite things to do in Magic, besides comboing and be degenerate, is doing nothing. Doing nothing. Yeah, you're a dirtler. Like, yep. you're just King Dirtle. So I'm actually currently playing a blue-white deck that my win condition is Felden's. <laughs> That is com- the most mat thing I've ever heard. In combination with uh, Tormod's Crypt. So the main goal is to, uh, it's basically counter spells, removal, draw, and that. And you play out all your threats. I kill them, I counter them, and then I will remove your graveyard and shuffle my deck back in. Yeah, seems about right. <laughs> that's that's the extent of it. Oh, I lied. I guess I have four Mistress Factories too, but that's more Oh, you of could a- get in with those. That puts yeah. them on a clock, 10 turn clock, baby. Yeah, I'm not doing that shit, though. That's that's blockers, baby. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, yours a, is just a random fucking control deck that does nothing. That's uh, an attack for two or block for three, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what Mr. Factory does. My deck of choice in old school and also in every format uh, that I can do it is uh, Mono White. I am playing oh, Mono White. Oh, aggro. my God. Oh, surprised me. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shock you. Yeah, uh, if I can play just just planes in a deck, that's what I'm going to be doing. Planes and strips. Like, that. And, I'm into that. The whole fucking deck. Some number of Caracas. Yeah, I do like me some Caracas. Big fan. Bouncing Legendaries, pretty powerful in most formats. Fuck, yeah. Mono white all day. So, yeah, we're, we are fans of the old school format. We're fans of basically every format except for standard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so last question before actually no we got a couple more questions on this i just want to get this the this one over with um so reprints let's talk about that real quick uh maliciously blue asks what reprints are we hoping to see in eldraine i don't think there's going to be a whole lot of reprints see i called before um somebody sent me uh, a link to it after i tweeted it like a day later uh i was hoping since it's like camelot themed I wanted to see a completion of the fucking sword cycle. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because, like, Camelot, you got fucking swords and shit. I wanted to see, like, an Excalibur, like, or maybe some other swords and stuff. And then Marrow on his fucking Tumblr said, oh, yeah, the swords are too powerful where you're not putting them in a standard legal set. And I was like, oh, well, fuck me up. I got got nothing for you. (laughs) I could see something along the lines of City of Brass or, like, Cavernous Souls. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I like yeah, that. It's, uh, you're going to see some tribes in here. You're going to see ogres and shit like that. You might see some stuff like that would be my guess. Specifically, ex- not a clue off the top of my head. Well, and even with uh, sets that are top-down designed, they're not really about the reprints. They're about the flavor that this world can bring. Yeah. I'm excited to see the flavor that this Brothers Grimm Camelot-style set can give us because the sets in the past that have been top down design have been some of my favorites of all time. Like Innistrad, Theros, fucking amazing. They might have some simple shit like shock, stuff like that. But yeah, the big stuff I would guess would cavernous souls, uh, city of brass, stuff like that, that gets onto that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm looking forward to new shit. Yeah. Cause top down design means new cool designs that use tropes from the worlds that they're pulling from. And it's going to be cool. I'm really yeah, looking for I agree. Good question. Yeah, hell yeah. And uh, another one on the uh, on the topic of Eldraine. Uh, Michael, he asked, uh, what kind of strategies would you like to see Eldraine highlight or uh, diversify or change in the kind of decks in standard? Because he's been enjoying uh, the current standard with War of the Spark. To be fair, not really sure what's going on. In- yep, uh, yeah, we have no fucking idea what's in standard. But I, I know would- that there's oh. the big control deck, so maybe an aggressive deck. Let's get I would some just, fucking ogres and turn them sideways. I would hope something that makes a Teferi look like garbage is what I'm hoping. Yeah, Anything some, that makes a Teferi deck look bad is something some, that I'm interested in. Some ogre that has been bewitched and has pro-white and blue. Oh, I love how you're getting into it. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> you're just like, ooh, that's bewitched. Ooh. Fucking bewitched. I love Hashtag. <laughs> Well, let's move on to a format that uh, is at least a little bit more casual. Not fucking standard. No, motherfuck standard. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to things like uh, Commander and Oathbreaker and shit. Um, so we covered this stuff a little bit on last episode, um, but people were really interested in uh, like the legendaries for uh, Commander 2019 uh, and the decks from 2019 that we thought were particularly exciting yeah go listen to the last episode probably answer all your questions (laughs) so i mean just quickly what's the deck uh that or what's the deck or what's the commander that immediately grabbed you from that well i do like the the fucking egg maker 
that's probably the coolest commander. Yeah. Um, the cool deck I thought was the Rakdos Madness deck that has a yes. lot of cool potential to do stuff. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some Saltai cards that I pick up. I, I'll, honestly, I'll probably end up buying all of them because I generally at least buy a couple, the ones that sound fun to me or have something in it that I want for another commander deck or, or I'll just buy them and fuck around with people and just shuffle them up and play. Now, which deck do you think is the best? In a vacuum? Sure. The Rakdos. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Rakdos one is probably, just in my eyes, the most powerful. I think the Naya one is also really, 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 really good. But that's because of that that commander that you mentioned, the one that creates eggs. Yeah, but in a vacuum, it's not that great. Outside mm. of those four, um, I think it's a lot better. Yeah. How about, okay, how about for competitive EDH, which I'm not even going to fucking get close to answering this question, because that is something that I could give a single solitary fuck less about. For competitive, for sure, the Nile one. Yeah, I think so too. Not the deck itself, but pieces of the deck, that commander. It's an Oath of Druids on your commander. Yeah, and it turns out Oath of Druids, powerful card. Not allowed in Legacy, not allowed in any other format, just vintage. Yeah, so definitely good, I think. Um, it's only, what, five mana? Yeah, yeah I think sure that's correct. And then two to do it. Um, and it's not even a tap ability. You just have two mana, yeah. sink it in, just go for it. And it does put them on the bottom of your library, doesn't it? Yes, it just, yeah. It puts them on the bottom in a random order. So it's not exactly Oath where it puts them in your graveyard. So you can recycle things, which is really nice. Now, would that go, just out of curiosity, can you stall the game by just having no creatures in your deck? Um, I don't actually know how that would work. Or, because you'd never technically hit a creature, so would it dump your graveyard in? I would like to see the... It would just it just like that. loops. Does it? Yeah, just go into a loop. I think. Yeah, does it just loop infinitely? I think the judge roll would be like you just you go through sh like show your deck and then shuffle up in a random order and then just keep playing. Like uh, I think a, I think a judge is allowed to stop that, but also it's a commander game, so like who has a judge? I don't think judges are allowed to stop that because Four Horsemen is a legacy deck that it technically does have a win condition, and eventually you'll get there, but it could take. 9,000 hours. Because I guess so. I mean, to, yeah. call your local judge the... about a, a commander yeah. deck that has no creatures and has a, a commander that worries about creatures. I think that one's uh, very fucking powerful. Yeah, I agree. Being able to tutor up big, stupid Eldrazi or other big, dumb idiots, always a good effect. Yeah, never going to be bad. All right, so that. shout out to uh, to Spell Traders, Max Howard, uh, Yelrong, uh, Maggot, uh, Magnus, and uh, Crush Gaming. For those questions about Commander, we kind of just ran through all of them all at once. Yeah, I figured that that might happen. Everyone just kind of asking similar questions. Yeah. Um, another question I thought was kind of cool. Um, Dirk asked, would you guys want to do a YouTube Commander video with the new set? Playing each of them up against each other. Yeah, I'd do that. Like on Magic Online? I would totally do that. I probably wouldn't do it on Magic Online. Ah, we can do them with whatever. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, probably just do them in fucking person. Just buy them, sleeve them up, and play. Just get, like, an overhead camera or some some shit. Yeah, so... Dirk, also a friend of the podcast. Yeah, Dirk, also a friend of the podcast. Yeah, shout out. He he was one of the guys at uh, Chaos Draft. Yes, he was. And we played Commander with him. Yes, correct the mundo. So, another thing, um, a couple of people asked what we thought about Brawl, and what do we think about Oathbreaker? Brawl can fuck off. I think it's so dumb. Well, I think Brawl's gonna be great um, for... The context of um, MTG Arena needs some kind of singleton format that can be played casually. Brawl is perfect for that because it's a limited card. Play. In paper, I, take that I don't back. know if Brawl's ever going to take off. 
I think Brawl and Paper is a good way to transition into Commander. Sure. Because you, you could literally take a Brawl deck and play Commanders in a Commander game. You might get your shit stomped in, but... But you could still do it. Just based off the bigger card pool and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's so, a segue into getting people interested in non-competitive formats. And it's in the fucking thing that Magic has to get people into Magic. Yeah, that's so, a good yeah, way to put it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a linear progression. Like you're going to start playing brawl on magic arena and you're going to realize that paper magic is a thing. And then when you start playing paper magic, you're going to be like, Oh, what's this commander thing? You're going to buy a commander deck. Like one of the ones that were just fucking released. And you'll be like, Oh yeah, commander's great. And then you're going to start playing commanders at a brawl. Yeah. I think that's the one positive thing because if you're trying to get into commander, it can be pretty fucking daunting. Like there's some expensive ass commander. Cards. Now, granted you can either a proxy them or build a deck that isn't, necessarily what do they call it tuned or yeah sure it's um, optimized there it is but you can for sure you could play there are many people who have thousands of fucking commander decks where you could say hey my deck's not very good and they can say oh cool i'll play this brew that i made that's trying to do one thing and that's all it focuses on but it's not very good like your fucking pirates deck yeah that thing was uh, not very good but it was fucking cool as fuck is it was so cool that's what I mean. You don't need to do something broken. Who the fuck have I become? Yes, I finally turned you into somebody who cares about fun and not just cares about winning. This is bullshit. You're welcome. <laughs> so what do you think about Oathbreaker? Oh, that just makes me want to do real fucking degenerates real Yeah, we fast. covered this a bunch on previous episodes. So if you want to hear us talk more, uh, you fucking can go find it, you dummies. Uh, but I am I'm pretty anti-Oathbreaker. I just really think that fucking bring back tiny leaders. If yeah, you're gonna do a, a form, if you're gonna do a format like that, do the. Well, the issue with Tiny Leaders is also the issue with Oathbreaker, in my opinion. It is a format that is so narrow in its building uh, strategies that you can't help but do degenerate shit with. In the only decks that exist, or at least in any kind of sense where you're gonna be able to compete, are degenerate bullshit strategy. If you try to bring to the table something that's fun and new. You're just going to get fucking rolled by Mr. Fucking Mildred, Mr. Fucking uh, Combo, like Liliana with fucking Demonic Tutor as your spell. Yeah. Like, it's shit like that. It's just a fucking format that lends itself to degenerate strategies. And that that's inherently what it's ever what it's always going to be. If you like if you let creatures be the spell with the Planeswalker, that would help the format a lot. Um, if you extend well, the and list, that would help a lot. The big one is the new Gideon, the three mana Gideon. What was Gideon Armageddon? Back, but yes, that, well, you could do Armageddon like a dick, which I would do probably. But that's like technically an aggressive deck. It's a mono white aggressive deck. Sure. The goal of that is to turn the dumb dumb sideways and smash face. Yeah, but I don't even think that would be an uh, uh, impressive strategy. No, I'm saying if you don't want to go the degenerate route, you can do stuff like that. Yeah, but, but is it uh, just fucking playing a fucking three-mana Gideon and then playing an Armageddon just also degenerate, but in a different way? A thousand percent. Yeah, it's just a degenerate format. So in, in that format needs some refining for me to be comfortable spending any kind of money building a deck for it. It just seems I like pr- it's a format for I would rather play Tiny Leaders. I thought that format was fun as fuck. I bought yeah, like Tiny six Leaders decks great. whenever I learned about it. I was like, oh, great. This is super fun. It's Commander, because at the time, I hated Commander. Don't get me wrong, I still hate Commander, but I'll play <laughs> no, you it. you don't. That's a lie. But it was a Commander, and the Commander 
was instead of four games or four players, it was one on one and you had a 10 card sideboard and they didn't last nearly as long. And if you really wanted to, you could play one V one V one V one. Yeah. You had options with that format because it wasn't strict in any way. What do you mean it wasn't strict? Like there wasn't like a fucking strict boundary where it's like, oh, you only have to play it against one person and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. You, they could easily tweak that format, which I thought that was a really cool deck build restriction. Well, it just fell to the same fucking thing where if you make a format with a strict like deck building constraint, you're going to find very quick that someone's going to break it. And you're yeah, gonna it's, find just the best going to, it's just going to be broken quickly. It's the same thing with standard. You only have like X amount of sets that you can build from. You're going to be able to find that specific card, like 60 cards, 75 cards in that X amount of cards that you have to build from. That is just going to be far and beyond the best ones out of all of those cards. But then you get into formats like legacy and modern and vintage where that card, card pool is so big. So massive. Yeah. That there isn't a best 75 cards. Currently, that's debatable, but yes, I agree. Yeah, sure. But even, like, there's ways to beat Hogak. Yeah, if you want to beat a deck in Modern, you can beat the you fuck out of it. it. There's yeah. no doubt. Because, because, because that card pool is so fucking large. Yeah, but, like, for example, I don't know what the best deck would be in Oathbreaker. I'm guessing some combo-y deck, either with Narset or... Um, I mean, it's just a, a a control deck with Teferi, right? Or that one, yeah. Probably the control decks that are also combo decks built into them. Like Narset and Time Twister? Get fucked. Yeah. And you can take your time and set up and have counter spells. And, so that's where I see that. So, yes. No Oathbreaker for Matt. All right. <laughs> I, I think that that covers uh, all of our format knowledge that we have. Uh, like I said, we've gone deep on a lot of these things on previous episodes, and we will go deep on this stuff in future episodes. Yeah, episodes to come. Yeah. So before we move on to some more miscellaneous ones, let's cover another uh, collection of questions that I think are, are near and dear to my heart more than pretty much anything else. And that is questions about art. Let's get after it. Yes. So let's let's address this one first. Uh, Zarde Blanco asked, and also uh, Simon Starbuck asked, uh, who is our favorite artist and why? Matt, do you have a favorite artist? I have a couple favorite artists. Um, Mark Pohl, number one, great fucking artist. Christopher good, good Rush. Um, I like, is it Darkin or Dakin? I think it's Darkin. Did yeah. a lot of the, uh, he is the artist of Birthing Pod, and I think yes. that's one of the coolest arts. Yeah, uh, Kev, really good. Kev Walker, really good. Um, Therese Nielsen, some of her stuff I really like. Yeah, it's kind of whimsical. I think I like Rebecca Guy more than I like Therese Nielsen. Like, that's always, like, a comparable one. Yeah, but just, like, the real big names. I don't really know many artists who aren't, like, they did, like, one card, and it's my absolute favorite art. Sure. Um, probably the most one, the one that's the least well-known is, uh, Darkin, I would say. Yeah, he's not incredibly popular. And then who was it who drew Soul Herder? Soul Herder is uh, Seb McKinnon. Yeah, him. He's a fucking wizard. I swear yeah, to God. Everybody it's... really is digging on Seb McKinnon. People are starting to figure out that he is one of the fucking greatest artists of all. Yeah, Which he, he really is. Incredible. He's so unique. And that's really what's pushing him beyond. Like some of his fucking works are so abstract, but are so evocative that they're fucking awesome. They're great. Yeah, I don't really have like a favorite style. Like I know a lot of people who are in art, like a certain style. Sure. But I like some of the classic quote-unquote classic artists from the beginning of the game and then i like some trippier ones and some that are super metallic looking yeah so i have all across the board 
I'm sure you have it a little bit more narrowed down than uh, I do. Yeah, so <laughs> mine are uh I have three that I that I wanna say are my uh my top favorite. Your fucking dream team. Let's hear them. Yeah. So we actually on one of ours is overlapping, which I'm surprised. Uh Mark Poole. Mark Poole yeah. has always been one of my favorites because when I think of a uh, like a specific card that really stands out in my brain as like super iconic or a card that's just like really uh, is very magic to me, nine times out of ten, Birds it's of like, Paradise. It's Mark fuck. It's Mark Poole's art. I'm thinking of Paradise like, Balance is... is the one that I am always like in my brain. I'm just like that is the most one of the most magic cards of all time. Fucking white card to thunk. And all of the fucking Ursus Towers are all fucking incredible. Like he has incredible art for older cards from like the origins of magic, but also he's still producing some incredible art and he is getting like better with time. He's like a fucking fine wine. Mark Pohl is really phenomenal. You know what some of my favorite things are? What's that? Since you went off about Mark Pohl is he did like uh ancestral recall. Yes. And then he's also, he did ancestral, ancestral vision. Yep. Yeah. Like that, that's actually a perfect example of, when you think magic, Ancestral Recall is just like a, a card that just pops in your head. Yeah, same with like Chris. That card Chris, is so bold. Yeah, Chris Rush did Black Lotus, obviously. Yeah. And then he also did Lotus Bloom. Uh-huh. Which I think those are, well, not the the original one. He did the promo, but. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. But that those are cool to me. But continue, sorry. Another, another artist Fucking... who's a bit more modern but has just a style to himself that is just very much him. And it, it, it's like unmistakably his style is uh, Nils Ham. Don't know who that is. Nils Ham is the guy who did uh, Baleful Strix. Okay. He's the guy who did Delver of Secrets. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty unique cards. He did uh, uh, Death Baron, which is an incredible fucking magic art. Um, he's done some... Really? Oh, uh, the Bitter Blossom uh, promo. Okay. Yeah, it's once you promo. said Belfal Strix, I knew Yep. the style you're talking about. Yeah, fuck. His his style is just so Unique. crazy with his, like, hyper-saturated colors. And it's, like, blotchy almost to a point. But clear and as Everything fuck. is so vivid. But in, in an oddly abstract way, I absolutely love his fucking work one of my favorites is uh you'll know this card just from the art when i say it everdream yep that's from one of my favorite arts yeah it's super fucking trippy that's that's the type of stuff that i really like god man that card just when i saw it that blew me away and it was so very obviously fucking nils ham i was just like yeah i like i didn't even need to look at anything else besides the art i was like oh that's nils art like god that, yeah. that's it. It, it he nailed it <laughs> he's fucking basically it. the iteration of dmt yeah, shrooms. His, his probably artist, shrooms. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And my last one is my favorite artist of all time, and will be my favorite artist probably forever. The champion of fucking butterflies. I knew it. It's me. It's myself. <laughs> I really. It's me. <laughs> so, uh, no, it is uh, Ryan Pankos. Ryan Pankos is my highlights. favorite magic artist because he his human figures are so far and beyond the best in the game. It's not close. I can dig it. At least you have a good reason. Yeah, his like he there's no, like when you think of a, a character in magic that has a, a, a portrait, he just does the human form so fucking well. Like, look at the art for fucking Knight of Bond. Oh, uh, yeah. 100 percent. What's his name? Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, Jesus Christ, he is so good. And he he's not just good at humans. Would you like, say Hamboy's name for, is? He does uh, Mox Tantalite. 
Hey, fuckface, what's his name again? Ryan Pankos. Yeah, that art is fucking incredible. Yeah, Mock Tantalite, insane. Yeah. Fucking Night of Autumn, insane. All of his fucking works are so incredible. He just, he every time, he knocks it out of the park. And he has, like, he has a planes that is uh, reminiscent to the original Sunflower one that I think is just infinitely better than the original Sunflower one. He has a forest that will knock your fucking socks off. He does everything so well. And he brings so much life to everything that he does. It's an, uh, absolutely fucking breathtaking every time he has a I love, love Ryan Payne. And fucking East Coast guy, Rhode Island, Providen. Shout out to him. He's got some shit. Yeah, he's the dude. He is a fucking for real, the real deal. So I'm looking at some of his art. Poetic on that. Let's move on to some other ones. Hit me. So uh, another one dealing with specific artists, uh, friend of the podcast, Jeremy, Jeremy Royer, uh, 444 on Twitter. Um, he asked, what card would look more fitting or badass with a Ryan Kane Ferguson art? Oh, I had this one. As soon as I saw, I didn't know who Ryan Kane Ferguson was. Not going to lie. I had to look up what his art was. And as soon as I saw what he was drawing, I yeah, he did like the, the new Gideon Blackblade one. He did uh, like the Balfour of the Blackblade. Uh, he did uh, Price of Progress is another one that he did that was really great. Just an idea. The, the thing that I, yeah, as soon as I didn't know who he was, but once I saw some of his shit, I was like, oh, um, a Johnny Goldman or a Johnny Vengeance. One just of any these, kind of a Johnny figure. Yeah, I think that's just, great. It's just some big fucking ripped ass cat that will rip your face off and has a 18 pack of abs. Yeah. He's another guy that has a super iconic style and it's like hyper saturated colors and all this wild shit. My thought was any card with like a depiction of a Praetor on it from, uh, new Phyrexia, I think would be great. Like an Elish Norn with his style. I'm not saying Elish Norn art is bad. Cause it's one of the most fucking incredible arts in the game. But I think an Elish Norn in his style with like high saturation and all this fucking weird line work and just super exaggerated, I think that would look insane. I think it looks so good. I disagree with that one, but I get where you're coming from. I just think just looking at the Praetors when I see them, I'm like, oh, they're yeah. perfect. No, yeah, I agree. It makes with that. fucking sense. But, but uh, it would be cool to see. If I'm coming from a world of I, would it be better than the original? I don't know. But would I like to see it? Yeah. Motherfucking right, I would. Yeah. No. No, I get you. That makes sense. Um. So, do you have a uh, making magic? Ask. What's our favorite basic land? And I took this as favorite like basic land art. I'm a sucker for the beta, purple island. Yeah, that's a good Uh, one. Also, you are a sucker for older arts too. Yeah. I'm more of a contemporary guy, and you are very much true. Yeah. So, for example, those of you don't know, uh, Alpha Beta only had A B islands, and then Beta came out with third one. And what it is, it's kind of like a time-lapse photo, if you will, of like one in the morning, one during the day, and then one at dusk. Yeah. And it's the dusk one where it's purple. Correct. Is how you referred to it. And I don't know why, but it just looks incredible to me for those ones. Um, the other style I like of basic lands is probably the Lorwyn. Ooh, that's actually a really good answer. Yeah, they're fucking really pretty. It's just, it reminds me of fucking Avatar, like the movie. It really does. Like when I see those. What about you? What's your favorite basics? Um. So, I already alluded to this a little bit earlier when we were talking. Uh, but probably my favorite basic of all time is a Ryan Pancos base, and it's a shout out. It's like a kind of reminiscent of the other. Uh, fuck, I can't remember the artist who did it, which a fucking travesty. I should definitely. Uh, but to be fair, uh, basic lands they fucking matter. Like I really do like. 
Uh, yeah. I'm going to jump in front of you again. Uh, one of my, I'm looking up a person. Yeah, one of my favorite land cycles for basics are the Therese Nelson Judge Promo basics. And if you, if I wouldn't say guru basics, I'd have to cut my fucking toes off. The judge promos. Yeah, the judge promos and then the gurus, the guru lands, which are crazy expensive. I think they're actually the most expensive basic land. Uh, the only runner-up have been an Arabian Nights Mountain, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's a close one. I think that's the only runner-up in price point for the gurus. So my favorite my favorite for the basic lands is uh, the Ryan, Ryan Pancos plane. And it's like a sunflower field based one. Um, the original one is by uh, Ron Spears, so look that up. Yeah, the APAC. It is APAC incredible. Lands. It's so yeah, so it's really good. Yeah, it's the those APAC are good one. too. The EuroPAC, the APAC land. Yep. Like um, I said, but Ryan Pancos does like one that's reminiscent of that, and I honestly, uh, I think that's insane. Like it's so so fucking. Good. Yeah, those are. There's so many good basic lands. Yeah. As long as you stick with like a is... theme. I don't give a fuck what my thing too is build, take your basics seriously, but build them like select your basics to fit the particular deck that you're building. Yeah. That's what I mean. Take them like they matter to me. If you're, I can't stand anything when people have mismatching basics that bugs the shit out of me, not even mismatching as in the art, but the, like, like you said, the theme. Yeah. I like, I like to have a particular, like all of my basics in uh, my death and taxes deck are all the same. I have the same snow covered ones and I have the same regular planes and they, they fit the deck really well. Yeah. The only time I use non uh, beta basics is in commander. I like to use foils there. That's like the one thing that I'd much rather have beta over foil stuff. Sure. But that's the one place that I'll use like promos and stuff like that. All right. So uh, next question uh, by Toxic Pichu. Do you have a favorite card board? Yeah, beta. I would say <laughs> my favorite card border is probably uh, the white border. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, my favorite. I just... But uh, I am actually quite partial to the uh, the Masterpiece card border. I think that it has really grown on me. The Masterpiece, yeah. And the the invocations those are terrible but the masterpieces are really nice i think the masterpiece ones are really well done and actually i'm gonna change my answer any card border that the proxy guy does it's my favorite card border yeah i'll give you that okay cool now that we've answered that one let's move on um also uh toto mtg asked the question john avon is dot 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 a bad motherfucker yeah he is that fucking dude like john avon is an actual legend game yep bad motherfucker end yep. the story move yep. on can't fucking compete with that yep okay now that we nailed that down um before we move into the last uh remaining parts of the episode there's a couple other miscellaneous ones that i think we should hit that i i think are just awesome questions i mean all these questions have been awesome there has not been a bad question no yeah there's some ones yeah i agree yeah so as a as a quick aside thank you everybody for your fucking questions yeah we we literally are fucking yeah. over the moon about up. the support that we got from this thank you so much fucking giveaway yeah but you're right yeah, keep, keep moving along let's get her what um, the, so what the other actually ones? this question i'm asking specifically matt um and it's from uh conrad land land eyes and it is uh what is the average airspeed velocity of a latent swallow well is it an african swallow or a european <laughs> swallow <laughs> goddamn super that. genius i yeah, appreciated I saw, that i did see that one on twitter and i just i started laughing yeah the media that that one came through i was just like okay this guy knows what's <laughs> for those of you who don't get that reference it's from um monty python and the holy grail 
So go fucking watch that because it's hilarious. Probably one of the funniest movies ever. Oh, yeah. Great fucking movie. Um, another one is, uh, so if what plane would we live in and why? And that is by MCAX Lightning on Twitter. What plane would we live in? Yeah. Pre-Mirrodin. Oh, you're thinking Mirrodin before the besieged. Uh, like, uh, we're just technology-wise, we're heading towards Mirrodin, where everything's sure. going to be metal and mechanized. It's a good fucking question. I like it's that one. a bad one. Yeah, I kind of like that. And this That was off the cuff. Mine was, now that I'm thinking about it, I am going to say, like, I'm going to say Alara. Alara? I'm living in Bant. I'm going deep into Bant territory with that one. Fair enough. Or maybe Ravnica, and I'll live with Selesnia. That seems my yeah. fucking style. Ravnica probably is the most correct, or uh, actually, we're probably closer to Kaladesh than Mirrodin. I would say right now, current America is somewhere in between fucking Apocalypse and Mirrodin. <laughs> yeah, we're actually super fucking close to Kaladesh. We're getting machines that are doing shit on their own. Just sentient everything, and also we're on the brink of fucking disaster. <laughs> yep, exactly. Sounds about right. Um, so Quinn McGollin asked, what is the best set in history in, in magic history and why? Ooh. Uh, me personally, I like RTR just because that limited format is was fucking enough. incredible. Yeah, limited format was great. Um, but then again, I would have to say alpha because if it wasn't for fucking alpha, we wouldn't have a card game. You know what? That's it's a cool. very, that's a cute answer. I like that. That's cute. Mine is, if you, do you want to guess mine? Uh, fucking Innistrad. Yeah, you nailed it. It's 100% Innistrad. <laughs> Innistrad is the best set. It has the best theme. It's top-down design, which is always the best. It has the best art. It's also the set that I started playing Magic in. Uh, I I literally, I love Innistrad more than It's also a good question. Yeah, fuck yeah, great question. Another question that I thought was one of the best ones that we received, and I'm really excited to hear your take on it, and I have a really good take on it. Um, uh, Kira at, okay, also... Her Twitter fucking handle is incredible. It is at Carn Me Daddy. Carn Me Daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, she asked, uh, what is your highest sentimental valued magic related item you own? Oh, sentimental? Yeah. Oh. I'm interested in hearing your answer because I don't actually know it. I got a couple different answers, to be honest with you. Um, the obvious is my Lotus because I've wanted one forever and I finally yeah, got that, to. That is get like one. the culmination of a magic player. Um, it's achieving the Black Lotus. Something that you wouldn't think of, my my OG deck box, my card box that Ooh. I've had since I started playing. I was thinking like your place out of like Curd Apes or something. Well, actually, that's the, the next one I was getting. Yes, signed, I nailed it! <laughs> my signed Arabian Knight Curb, Curd Ape. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I have three pages of just Curd Apes. And yeah, that's my, your card. My binder, yeah. It's one of my favorite cards. It's probably my first ever deck. I believe was like that I actually made was basically Urnum and Burnum. It was just red, green and Kurt Ape. I thought was the coolest card ever. Love gorillas. And yeah, that one. That's a really good answer. Yeah. So I kind of have three for three different reasons. Yeah. Well, I have one for very uh, singular reason. I can fucking tell you what it is. Yep. It is my, and we already touched on this, uh, both of the issues, both of the reasons for this one. Um, mine is my, um, my original art painting from Ryan Pancoast, and it is from Innistrad. It is the original art for Unruly Mop. Yeah, I figured that's what it was going to be. One, because Ryan Pancoast is my favorite artist and has been my favorite artist forever. 
Uh, two, because Innistrad is the set that I started and in the very first deck that one of my friends handed to me and was just like, here, learn how to play this game. It was a straight up mono white deck and there were a play set of Runruly mobs in it. And I was like, oh, fuck, this game is really nuts. Who the and fuck the was that? Because I'm going to cut the release tendon. <laughs> it was my buddy Rupert. Shout out to he's, Rupert. He's getting his Achilles cut. I actually played Magic with him this past weekend. Thanks for the fucking invite. Well, I mean, you're five hours away. <laughs> Four and a half. <laughs> Dick. But yeah, fucking my Ryan Pancoast original for Unruly Mob is far and beyond my most sentimental, probably my most sentimental possession that I own, not even just magic related, just in general. Well, that's a good question. I like that one. Some of these stick out and that stuck out because actually think. think about, yeah, like what, what was. And that, okay, granted, so we're, this... we're going to do the hard hitting questions from here on out. So DM asked, uh, what do you like the most about magic? It's going to be real common of me to say, but winning. <laughs> that and uh hanging out with buddies yeah i, I can't say like how many times yeah how many times just got like a 24 rack had some and played and bullshitted yeah and just yeah we polished off the fucking case of beer while we're sitting there just playing magic the gathering that's the best shit yeah that's probably probably beats winning honestly yeah to be fair the the, the gathering part of magic the gathering is the best part and i don't think anybody can disagree yep it's in the fucking name send it yeah fucking get there <laughs> Um, uh, this is another one. So MTG nerds asked, what is the biggest shock you've ever given an opponent in the game? Playing with our name, I'm assuming. <laughs> Probably some shitty brew that I made that went off and they're like, what the fuck is this shit? I can actually give you the reason why I wanted to ask this question is because I know the exact moment and it was the day that you and I met. Oh, it Kev. was the round <laughs> before we played because the round before you and I played. I played Elves, and I was playing Esper Spirits, and while we were playing, it was game three. Or no, it was game two, and my opponent had no idea that I was playing any black in my deck, because game one, they didn't see a single black mana sword. And I had Zealous Persecution in my sideboard. Goddamn Zealous Persecution. Yep, I so mid-combat, I had a fetch land on the battlefield. Mid-combat, they swing with all their stuff. I set up blocks. I fetch, and they're like, okay, cool. And I get a fucking, like, godless shrine. And they're like, oh. And I fucking cast Zealous Persecution and absolutely blow them out. And they're like, oh, fucking shit. That I've been, is a spicy meatball. <laughs> I've been blown out by that card before. Yeah. Zealous Persecution is the a shocker of all ages. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a hell of a card. Say get fucked, opponent. Fucking love that. Um, and I think this this will be the last one before we move into our game. So if we didn't ask answer your question, I'm sorry. Uh, Tweet at us normally, you fucks. Yeah, just just fucking force us to answer it on Twitter. We'll do it. I promise you we will. Um, but this one I thought was really, really fucking cool. Um, so <laughs> first and also, this guy has the best fucking username ever. Um, so I will HMO1 you, which is HMO1 is cut in Pokemon. Yeah. So I will cut That's you. That's good. That's good. <laughs> he asked... Uh, so playgroups usually come up with nicknames for cards. What is your favorite? And he said, one of ours is uh, Uncle Carl for Karlov the Ghost Council or Progenitals for Progenitus. Can you think of any nicknames you thought of for cards? Hodor comes to mind first yeah. thing. Hodor was our fucking, was the one that we thought of at least on air because I have the inability to fucking pronounce Hogak. You can't read and speak at the same time. No, I have um, a learning disc that allows me to uh, not think. 
I don't know. I like to call cards that motherfucker or what's this cunt or what's that stupid bitch. <laughs> like, I just insult cards. Yeah, you use fucking hard vulgarities. So those are probably the quote-unquote nicknames, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, we call... Like, everybody calls Grizzle, like, Grizzle Brand fucking... We call daddy, him Big yeah. Daddy. Yeah. Like, ooh, Daddy. <laughs> Grizzle Brand. Uh, like, uh, fucking... Probably it. Sad Robot. We didn't come up with it, but that's one of my favorites. Oh, that's a great one. Well, we call, uh, fucking, uh, Horse Face. Still... Fucking Masker Worm. We call Masker Worm Horse Face. Yeah. Because he's got fucking big old horse teeth. Yeah, I just don't thought really that's have our such a fucking nicknames. cool question. That is a cool question, because it's unique. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Those are all good questions. I mean, yeah. Again, that is going to conclude of the mailbag episode before we move into our uh, everybody's favorite part of the show. I just want to say one more time, thank you, everyone, for all of the questions you submitted and all of the support and retweets and likes and all the bullshit. Uh, because without y'all, we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, we would. So you guys can all fuck off. If you yeah, we would just special. be screaming into the void, actually. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, much thanks, actually. It's a great to talk to a psychiatrist for a bit. You got some shit going on with you. You're wrong. Actually, okay, I have one more question. Hit me. <laughs> Ryan Raleigh asked, can you draw all my tokens for me? I need the King of Butterflies on this. <laughs> God damn it. And I was going to save that for after, but I think it's good for now. Um, <laughs> we do have custom tokens. We do. And we if you would em. like some of them, all you have to do is just slide it into the fucking Fetch and Shock DMs. It better be a saucy too, not any of this. Who can no, you have to fucking... No, you have to ask nicely. I'm not going to re respond to just some boring DM. You have to make it fucking good. Yeah. But yeah, make if you... Honestly, if you just fucking say, Hey, uh, can I have some tokens? If you say, give hey, me your address, face. I will fucking send you the tokens. I don't give a shit. And I will draw, draw me, whatever tokens you need, because yeah. I don't give a fuck. Draw me this fucking token, this fucking token, and that one. Dumb, dumb. That should yeah. be your... What you DM. <laughs> we got it. We found it. <laughs> okay, fuckface. Are you ready for the fucking game? Yes. So for those of you who are new to the Fetch and Shock podcast every week, we like to play a game. And that game is referred to as Accumulated Knowledge. So in Accumulated Knowledge, we go to the website Scryfall. We hit the random card button. And one of us asks the other one a card name. The person has to then give... The mana cost of the card, if they get it right, they get the point. If they do not, then they lose and we move on to the next card. There is one caveat to this, and I'm a fucking boss-ass bitch. I get three hints, a timed response, and I have to get four out of five. Yes. You, I changed it so you actually only get three as well. I get three um, hints, but I only have bit, to get three. Yes, and you get a little bit longer of a time. Yeah, because I have a learning disability. Yes. I'm the fucking wizard of this game because I'm pretty sure I'm autistic at some point in my life. I was going to say, you just, have, you just have this weird fucking brain that can only remember magic cards and not any other valuable information. I know a bunch of random shit. Like when we watch, when we used to watch, uh, what's that game? Wheel of Fortune. I fuck, <laughs> or not, Wheel of Fortune? Is that it? No. Sure, Jeopardy maybe? Jeopardy, that's the fucking one. <laughs> I, at least I got the game right. Um. I fucking killing them. I'm a fucking, I don't even know, savant of knowledge, apparently. All right, fuckface, are you ready? I've never been more ready. Okay, so your first one here is Sunscorch. Oh, Sunscorch Regent. Isn't that the fucking new guy? Is it? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Me saying is it wasn't a 
hint, just so you know. No, it, it's not fucking blue. It's not. It's not blue red. <laughs> it's it's white. But I can't remember what the fucking. God damn it. Ah oh, shit. Oh my god. I fucking hate fucking <laughs> Corset 2020. So I don't know if I know the card or not. It's the mythic fucking rare. Uh, white card from fucking Corset 2020 that when it enters the battlefield, it fucking turns something into a fucking 3-3. God damn it. But I think they're all like, like color, 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 right? It's like, is it like two white, white, white? Is that your final answer? Sure. No, not even fucking close. What is this it? Is, it's from one of the uh, Tarkir sets. Oh, it's, it's the dragon. Yeah, Fuck it's, me. It's, is it, it's, what is it? Three white, white? Yeah. That's Fuck. what you said. You said the new set, and I was trying not to lose it. Yeah, it's uh, the one whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a 1-1 counter on it, and you gain a life. God, what's, what was the card that I was fucking saying? It's from the new set. I couldn't fucking tell you. Oh, Jesus. No, I know exactly the card now, because I fucking knew it the second you were just like, oh, no, that's wrong. And I'm like, oh, wait, there's another fucking thing. It's a white card. Yeah, you fucked that one up. Yeah, because it was uh, like the Thunderbreak region and Icebreak region fucking cycle. Yeah. Ready for round two? I've never been more ready for round two, motherfucker. Okay. This one is Sabretooth Tiger. Oh my god, is that a fucking old one? Do you want a hint? I should probably fucking start using hints, I bet. You got three of them. Oh, Sabretooth Tiger. That sounds like a fucking red card if I've ever heard one. Is it, though? Is it? Is <laughs> okay, it? the is it jokes are fucking too much now. <laughs> yeah, give me... Uh, I want to know... Uh, give me what it does. First strike. You're not kidding. I'm not kidding. It is first strike. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll even give you a little bit more. It says first strike. This creature deals combat damage, but without first strike. Yeah, sure it does. Because it's, it's from like fucking like like Portal 3K. To a saber tooth, all men are mice. Oh, I love that flavor text. Oh, fuck me. That flavor text is so good. There's no way I'm getting this card, though. I'll give you a free hint. Eighth edition. Oh, eighth edition is, is much different. I thought it was like a Portal 3K card. Uh... It's uh, one and a red. Is that your final answer? Sure. Two and a red. Fuck me! God damn it! Two, one and a red for a 2-1 first strike and an eighth edition and a corset. You didn't say two-one. Which... Two, two, uh, two no, but... I didn't know it was two-one. I thought it was going to mm. be like a one-one first. That's fair. I would have thought cat, Savannah Lions. Most cats are either two-two or two-one. That's that's only one white. Yeah, but I'm saying the, the cat part of it. Sure. All right. Your third one here, you have to you have to win out. Yeah, there's no way. Is Aerial Responder. Oh, Aerial Responder is a newer card, isn't it? Is it? God fucking damn it. <laughs> Go fucking one. Oh my god, my brain is just fucking fried right now. Yeah, I remember this card. This card is from like a limited format that we played recently. Is it? You're the worst person I I literally I can't stand you. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> god damn it. It's it's like a one one flyer. Or like a 1-3 flyer with like some shitty ability. You're a Oh, god damn it. Now, <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I just turned my video off. Yeah, I just, out of nowhere, on my fucking screen, Matt's just dumb face popped up <laughs> and he just has a shit-eating... Oh, fuck, man. God damn it! Do you want a hint or are you just trying to get two out of three? Well, yeah, I gotta need the hint, don't I? What's it do? Flying Vigilance Lifeline. Flying Vigilance Lifeline. Oh, aerial responder is uh one white white. Is that your final answer? Yeah, because it's fucking vampire nighthawk. Yeah, white. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah! I knew I knew that one. Yes. Not quite vampire nighthawk. Yeah, because it doesn't have it's death touch. White vampire night instead of fucking death touches as vig. Yeah, yeah, it's in Kaladesh, I think. We got there. It is definitely in Kaladesh. 
Yeah, yeah Kaladesh. This fucking big, like, dwarf-looking guy. Isn't it, like, a dwarf something? Yeah, on a thing. What's the creature? Right. I don't know. I went past it already. No, it's definitely dwarf, though. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. All right, so your next card is Daru Mender. Oh, uh, well, here's the end of my streak. <laughs> <laughs> your one-card streak? Yeah, well, whatever. It's still a streak. <laughs> Daru Mender? Daru Mender. Oh, my God. What does it do? Is this your last hint? Yeah, third and final hint. I need it. Morphs for a white. When it's turned face up, regenerate target creature. Morph for a white. When it's turned face up, regenerate target creature. Yeet. Well, what's the what's the morph cost? Flip up. I guess I have to give you that if you ask me to yeah. do it. Oh, it's a one white. That's what I just said. Oh, it's just one white? Yeah. Oh, the morph is always three. And then the morph. Yeah, the morph is always up. three down. But like the morph flip cost is always down. Yeah, it's, that's what I said. Morph for one white. Oh my god, I think it's maybe like, it's, okay, so it's regenerate target creature? Regenerate target creature. Well, regenerate's typically a black thing, but it has a white ability? Oh, Jesus, fuck. Am I giving you hints from my face? No, you're not. Oh my god, is it like one in a black or something? Is that your final answer? I don't, see, black is definitely a regenerate thing, but it, since it's a fucking flip up morph ability, I don't know. That totally changes the game. You got 10 seconds, bitch. Sure, we're gonna go with the instinct, one in a black. And you would be incorrect. You fuck. fuck. What, it's what one white. One white? One white. God damn it. It's from Legions. And well, am I right that regenerate is typically a black ability? Yeah, generally. Yeah, so that one fucking, that was a shit show. Well, I already lost, but give me the last one. I gotta Amen. try to at least get fucking two for five. Vampiric Fury. Oh, geez. That's like an instant or fucking sorcery or something. Maybe enchantment. I'll give you a free one. It's a red instant. It's a red instant. What is it like? Fucking creature gets plus one plus oh and fucking like first strike until on a turn or something. That seems Maybe. like something it would do. Maybe what's it do? Well, it's a vampire would be either black or red. It's either lifelink or first strike. If it's first strike, it's red. If it's lifelink, it's fucking black. Yeah, you did it. You learned. We figured what's it the, out. What's the mana cost? I'm dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I honestly... Do you give up since you already lost? No, I refuse to give up. Never get up. Never surrender. That's actually the flavor text on this card. Really? That would be incredible. No, <laughs> no not even close. If I if I got the flavor text of it, would I just win automatically? I would give it to you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um. Uh. It is gonna be uh lifelink, and it's gonna be uh fucking one black. No, you fucking idiot! I already told you it was red. Oh, did you? Yes, I said it's a red instant. Oh, I didn't know. I thought you just said it was an instant. Okay, then it's one red and it gets first strike. Yeah, and it's plus two plus oh, not plus two plus oh. Okay, cool. Yeah, it is one and a red. It's a yeah, yeah. You silly bitch. You lost. You suck. I did hear that you gave me that that that. I'm uh, the fucking master. Yeah, you 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 remain champion and I remain uh, less than champion. Yep, that sounds about right. All right. God damn it. Well, dude, this shout out this week is actually. Uh, for all the fucking marbles. Yeah, our shot. I'll let you do it. It's in the program. Oh, even, I get to fucking do it, even though I lost. Even though you fucking lost. You That's scum. not typically the case. Run so the numbers, before bitch. we do, before we do the regular shout out, we got two shout outs this week, and our shout yeah, outs not, this week are actually going to be our winners. Yeah, we're not doing. We're not telling the second winner what they want. We're just sending it. No, I think we should let it. I think we should tell them what it is. But but when they receive it, it's going to be a mystery because there's still an, an amount of mystery. No, no, no. 
Oh, they'll they'll know they won. They just don't know what they want. Oh, I like that. And then they just get it in the fucking mail. Oh my god. Yeah, that's actually brilliant. So, uh, as we said at the beginning, this whole entire episode was stemmed from our fifty follower giveaway. But since everything went so well with the fucking giveaway, uh, we decided to add another one to it. And the other one that we added to it was a mystery prize. And the mystery prize is going to be to our favorite question and that question i'm going to read and we are going to answer right now that question is what is the best way to stop playing the same color combination i am stuck on blue black since i was 10 and i can't for the life of me drift i've tried playing grixis to insert red and then slowly left the color uh to go back to blue black and that question is to uh geonota Odasso on Twitter. So I'm going to go ahead and take the reins on this one. Well, first of all, uh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. That question is really fucking good. Yeah. You're our mystery prize winner, motherfucker. Yeah. You, you fucking won the mystery prize. So congratulations. Fuck. Yeah. Awesome job. So what I would suggest is find a deck you like that is blue black and find a different color combination that plays similar to that. So if you're playing blue black control, fucking try blue white control or a different type of control deck and bridge from there rather than just adding another color to it if you're playing something tribal try a different tribal deck because they'll play pretty similar that's my advice i think we were both we're both thinking of this in different ways um matt is thinking on a constructed level i was thinking of it on a uh more limited level so if you are stuck playing like black blue in limited and you can't see yourself getting away from that in like a limited context, just force yourself into another color. Just say, I'm sitting down at this draft. I am not going to draft that color. I'm going to force whatever it is. It might force you into playing a worse deck than you would be getting handed in the first place, but it will at least get you into other colors. And if you do that for two or three drafts, the chances of you just getting a taste for something else is going to be incredibly high. Yeah. So, and that is not good draft advice. No, it's but that is good advice for breaking advice. out of the color. That's yeah, horrible draft advice, but oh, it's really not good draft advice. But if you're looking to get out of that color combination, just just straight up force your way out of it. And if you do play limited in any context, it gives you a good reason to not play those colors. Yeah, agree. So you'll be getting something. Uh, we'll reach out and ask for your info via Twitter. Yeah, so. when you, if you listen, yeah, when you listen to this. Just shoot us a fucking DM um, and we will set up your fucking address and stuff and we will send you what we have in store. Uh, and when we, you fucking get it, we're expecting some fucking some pictures and shit on fucking Twitter so we can yeah. retweet it and show everybody can see how fucking cool you are and how fucking brand new car. everybody else is. We're sending you a car, motherfucker. Be prepared. Yeah. So hopefully you can drive. Yeah. Do you like Bentleys? Yeah. How do you like Rolls Royces? Yeah. Are you into that? Because we definitely have the money for that. Yeah. All right. Who's our winner, winner, chicken dinner of the the main event? We need Bruce Buffer on this bitch. We do need Bruce Buffer. Okay. So we have a fucking winner. Who is it? Who's the winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You know what's actually really funny? Is it me? No, it's not you. Because I don't know if you retweeted it. I, I don't think I did, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> but this person who was just fucking randomly generated literally on fucking air. Um, they were actually a person who was, uh, who was eligible for the, uh, the random prize because of how good their question was. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was actually, uh, 
the Kira Zenith Seeker, the at Carnme Daddy. Dope fucking. Yeah, uh, incredible name. And she was the one who asked uh, the question about sentimental. Uh, yeah, you fucking earned it. Yeah, you earned it. Yeah, Best so me. her question was great. And also, the randomized gods were in her favor. So, fuck yeah. So, she is the lucky recipient of the Bloodstained Mire and the uh, Watery Grave. Yeah, reach on out, send us some info, and we'll send you some shit. Yeah, slide into those Fashion Shock DMs and uh, give us your address, and we will send it directly to you. I don't know if it's just me, but you saying give me your address with that fucking mustache is real creepy. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> the people the out there can't see the mustache because this is an audio podcast. But the distinct lack of tooth and the distinct uh, just presence of the fucking mustache, it really ties the room together. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. Fuck yeah. But yeah. Well, <laughs> I think this episode was great. Yeah. Thanks I for all the fucking questions, guys. At some point guys. in the future. And gals. Yeah, at some point in the future, we're going to do another fucking giveaway. And I think this fucking, this mailbag episode was a blast. Yeah, it was fun. So we're hoping to do some more shit like this in the future. Yeah, so for keep sure. Listening. I'm down. Yeah, keep listening. Keep fucking looking out. Uh, keep checking the Twitter. Keep checking all of the fucking, the, the avenues that you listen to the cast. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're going to continue to do this as long as you fucking assholes are listening. Yeah, unfortunately. So I if mean, you're wait, interested what? in finding us on Twitter which I'm assuming most of you already fucking know because you entered the fucking giveaway. Uh, we are at fetch underscore shock on Twitter. If you're looking for uh, Tyler specifically, I am at, so I'm at basic land bin. And if you are interested in uh, interacting with Matt, which I don't know why um, he is at it's bop on Twitter. Fucking simple as can be. And if you want to fucking go and watch some video content from fetch and shock, go to YouTube and search Fetch and Shock MTG, and you will be able to find at least one video. That video is actually pretty good. I'll give Thanks, you that. Man, I appreciate it. <laughs> I worked Shut really up. hard on that. And there will be more to come. In the coming yeah. months, we will be producing some more video content so you guys can see my lack of tooth and Matt's ugly face and all the other things that are involved in Fetch and Shock. I have blonde hair and a red beard, just so you guys know. Yeah, very attractive. Just a heads up. A man's man. <laughs> I'm a fucking man's man. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Well... That's another one in the books. Yeah, dude. That Congratulations to the winners. Yes, congrats. And, and Reach you know out. You're and... all winners because you just listened to Oh, fuck off. <laughs> you're <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> well, we'll see you next week, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you later, right. buddy. Peace out, nerds! Peace.